Hey friends, welcome to the Intentional Mind Podcast. I'm your host, Ange Barnard, and today we're talking about a topic that just fascinates me. And I believe if you are the type of person who wants to see dramatic advancements in your life and see it happen in a way that doesn't feel like you're working so freaking hard and exhausting yourself and all that, then this is the podcast for you and I want you to keep listening because what we're going to talk about today is quantum leaping. So what is a quantum leap? Let's make sure we're on the same page. Got my phone out. I got a definition for you. And it says this, a quantum leap is an abrupt change, a sudden increase or a dramatic advancement. And it also says that it originated, the words quantum leap, originated as a synonym of quantum jump, which describes an abrupt transition as of an electron, an atom, or a molecule from one discrete energy state to another. So pay attention to that last piece. A transition from one energy state to another. And when I hear about people talking about making quantum leaps in their life, seeing these, this massive transformation in their life often happening so quickly that it involves them shifting their energy to a different state. And I really see that. Like when I'm working with my clients, when we're shifting their energy into the state of where you trust that everything is working out for you. That, that God's got you, boo, like you, tr- you truly trust that. And you start to show up in ways that you, you feel like you're worthy of what it is that you desire. Like you start to act like that person. Things start to flow in your life and change so freaking quickly. And I see like what I would describe as miracles happening so fast. And I think that this is what people are talking about when they're talking about quantum leaping. It's like shifting up and getting onto that level where like time ain't a thing. Time ain't a thing there, you know, on that level. And so I want to talk about what some of us are doing now and how some of us are acting in our lives that's keeping us from the, these kinds of quantum leaps. So we're going to talk about that. And then I also want to just give you some wisdom that can help shift your own energy and I believe get you into that state of quantum leaping where you start to see major advancements happening in your life and it doesn't have to take forever. I mean, just recently, you may have heard the episode that I did about my sister changing her career. And it's so cool because she's celebrating that she's starting this new opportunity. And I can tell that she is so excited about it. And it's so in alignment with her vision and how she wants to show up in the world. And it didn't take forever. Like it happened so quickly. But I believed it was this, this shift that happened around her mindset. You know, I'm, I'm the way that she saw the world. And then it changed how she behaved in the world. So it's that that deeper work, but it doesn't have to take forever. Again, I could say that a million times. So, all right, where do I want to start with this all? I want to start off with a story that really, that really got me thinking about how I show up in my life. And this story is from the book You Squared. I have heard so many people I admire talk about this book that is 30-something pages long. That's it. I mean, if, if you haven't read this book, you need to get it in your hands. You should like d- just 
we should do this book club thing together with this book because so good and so easy to read. So it's written by Price Pritchett. And uh, it is called, the full title of it is U Squared, a high velocity formula for multiplying your personal effectiveness in quantum leaps. And in this book, Price talks about something, the story that just like really sticks with you. And I wanted to real quick share this story with you to get you thinking about how you've been showing up in your life and how you want to be showing up. Okay, so let me pull it out. And we'll just start at the beginning. It says, a true story. I'm sitting in a quiet room at the Millcroft Inn, a peaceful little place hidden back among the pine trees about an hour out of Toronto. It's just past noon, late July, and I'm listening to the desperate sounds of a life or death struggle going on a few feet away. There's a small fly burning out the last of its short life's energies in a futile attempt to fly through the glass of the windowpane. The whining wings tell a poignant story of the fly's strategy, try harder, but it's not working. The frenzied effort offers no hope for survival. Ironically, the struggle is part of the trap. It is impossible for the fly to try hard enough to succeed at breaking through the glass. Nevertheless, this little insect has staked its life on reaching its goal through raw effort and determination. This fly is doomed. It will die there on the windowsill. Across the room, 10 steps away, the door is open. 10 seconds of flying time and this small creature could reach the outside world it seeks. With only a fraction of the effort now being wasted, it could be free of the self-imposed trap. The breakthrough possibility is there. It would be so easy. Why doesn't the fly try another approach? Something dramatically different. How did it get so locked in on the idea that this particular route and determined effort offer the most promise for success? What logic is there in continuing until death to seek a breakthrough with more of the same? No doubt this approach makes sense to the fly. Regrettably, it's an idea that will kill. Trying harder isn't necessarily the solution to achieving more. It may not offer any promise for getting what you want out of life. Sometimes, in fact, it's a big part of the problem. If you stake your hopes for a breakthrough on trying harder than ever, you may kill your chances for success. All right, y'all, this fly story got me really thinking about being the fly in my life. Like, where am I being the fly? Where am I exerting all of this energy and trying so hard on the wrong thing, like the window versus the door that's right beside it? You know, so and I love the, the thought that the opportunities that we seek may be right there, right in front of our eyes, but we're not able to see it just yet. And I'll tell you why I believe we don't see it just yet, because we've been operating too much from that catabolic state of energy. It's this this efforting, this exhaustion, this trying so hard, this controlly energy, this this fear energy that's happening. Like that's what the fly was going through. And what happens is, is when we generate so much of that, 
it literally acts like blinders where we don't see opportunities. So a lot of times when I'm working with my clients, it's really about shifting their energy. And then they are the ones that create amazing opportunities in their life because they see the opportunity. Whereas before they didn't see the opportunity because they were so busy efforting, trying so hard, controlling, making it harder than it needs to be. Or maybe focusing on the wrong thing, the window versus the door, you know? So I want you to think about that. After you heard that story, where are you being the fly in your life? The fly that's at the window. Where are you doing that in your life? Think about it. Okay, and after you think about that, I want you to think about some of the wisdom I'm about to drop. This is also from Price. This is wisdom that I learned from him in different interviews that I was listening to him speak. And I took some notes and I always text the notes to myself. So I wanted to share them with you. So he says this and oh, this really got me thinking. Let me know if this makes you think. Big dreams go to die where? Where do you think big dreams go to die? For me, originally, I was like, oh, at the grave, at the graveyard. That's where we die with our big dreams. I've heard that said too, right? But he said, no, big dreams go to die in the planning phase. And I was like, oh, so many people are spending so much time planning to do the thing that they want to do versus actually doing the thing. And I think a lot of our perfectionist comes out in the planning stage where it's like we got to do all these things so then we feel ready so that we can then do the things on our heart. Like then so then we can qualify ourselves to do the things. So then we feel good enough to do those things. And if we really dive into it, it's all just fear. Fear acting out, holding us back, acting like it's being all cute and that we're being productive when we're planning. But in reality, We're really just obsessing and that's holding us back. And I want you to know that the obsessing and trying to perfect something, that's all the catabolic energy showing up. It's like coming from this feeling of not enough. It's coming from this feeling of fear. And check with yourself. Have you been doing that in some area of your life where you're like, oh, I'm not ready yet to do that thing because I got to plan this and get this together and that, you know, right? That is where that that phase is where the big dream is going to die, because a lot of people that I've seen make quantum leaps in their life and they have the kind of success I admire and this peace that I admire. They take messy action. They take messy action, just like a little kid would. It's it reminds me of that childlike faith. Where it's like you're not so fixated on doing something the right way or failing. It's just like you're going to do something because you're excited to try it out and you're going to see what happens and you're going to learn from that. And Price brings up that when we were a baby, we were born into this world not knowing how to talk, not knowing how to walk, not knowing how to feed ourselves. And by the time we, we turned three years old, we're able to do all of those things because we took risk. If you just think about walking, like for a baby to get to the point that that baby can start to walk, there's a lot of failure associated with that whole process, right? There's risks that you're taking. You're crawling and then you're getting up and then you're taking a step and be falling and you're getting up again and you continue to do that. You're continuing to take these risks. 
So if you think about it, it's like we are wired to take risks. I know that we like to fixate on the fact that we are wired to also focus on negativity. But remember, we are wired to take risks and we are wired to evolve as well as human beings. So we can lean in to that side of our humanness. He talks about how we are actually programmed to focus on what it is that we want and take risk to get what it is that we want. He talks about failing your way into success. I think for many of us to have more quantum leaps in our life, we need to change the way that we see failure. Because when you're coming from a higher energetic perspective, you see failure as an opportunity as something that is happening for you. And I bet you that a lot of us don't think that way about it. And if I'm being honest, I don't always think that way about it. Like it doesn't always feel good to fail at something, to suck at something. And that's why I need to, like when that happens in my life, like I let myself feel down about it. I think that's important. That's where I'm at. So I'm feeling that energy. And then I decide to make that mean something that serves me. So if I do something new and I suck at it, and let's be real, anything you do that's like new, a lot of us are going to suck at it, honestly. You know, I think about my sister who is an amazing dancer. And I think about before she became like a dancer where she could teach other people ballroom and salsa and bachata and all that stuff, she had to suck at dancing. Like she showed up to a class, didn't know what she was doing, and she sucked at it. But eventually she got herself to a point where she was teaching other people how to do it. And I think that about, that about me and my life too. I remember the first time I spoke at a work thing, how bad I sucked at it. And I was shaking and like to the point that people asked me what was wrong with me afterwards, if I was okay, because I was like shaking so bad. And yeah, so I sucked at it. But now I'm to the point, like I'm still always working on that. But now I'm to the point where I'm helping other people speak on a stage about something that matters so much to them because I was willing to suck, because I was willing to fail my way into success. And many of us are afraid of sucking, like looking like we suck to other people at our beginning stages. And that is preventing us from creating the lives that we want because we're so fixated on what the fear of it, of what we're going to look like to other people or how uncomfortable it's going to be. So we're avoiding it. And it's that, again, that generation of catabolic energy. But if you show up in the world like a child would, that isn't going to hold them back from moving forward. In fact, failure isn't going to stop them. It's going to propel them and take them to where they want to go. And it's that childlike faith, that childlike mentality that is of that higher energy. So think about that with anything that you want to be doing next. What would it be like if you did show up from more of like a childlike perspective? You approached it that way. What would be different for you? Another question that's been looming in my mind that I love is what if you believed that your success was inevitable, that it was a done deal? Your success was inevitable. What would you do? I think about for me, I just, I'm about to sign up for another coaching program that I'm, I'm really excited about. And 
I had to, to tell myself that because when I was doubting initially of doing it, because I was like, oh, what if this isn't going to work for me? Da, da, da. Like all the thoughts that my clients think too when, you know, you're showing up to sign up for a coaching package. I get it. I've been there. I feel the same way at times. Um, but then I asked myself, what if my success was inevitable? Like what if I knew that if even if I invested in this thing, my success is going to be inevitable. That means I'm going to do the thing right? It just makes me show up so much differently where I make a decision from a higher energetic perspective versus a fear-based place. This is the other thing I want you to ask yourself. Are you making decisions from that place, that catabolic state, that fear-based state? Like when you say yes to something, I'm talking about somebody's just asking you for your time or for you to go to an event or to participate in something. Are you saying yes from a fear-based place? I'm talking like, Like, are you saying yes because you're worried what they're going to be thinking about you if you say no? Are you saying yes because you feel guilty and that's why you're doing it? Because this is examples of that catabolic energy generating. This is the stuff that's preventing you from having the quantum leaps. So instead, how can we say yes from a place of that higher energy state, from a place of love? Or how can we say no from a place of love? So that we're generating that energy that feels good. Because it doesn't feel good when you show up and you do something out of a place of guilt. Like you're just bringing that guilt energy with you wherever you are doing the thing. And it doesn't feel good to you either because then you start to be resentful because you didn't really want to do the thing to begin with. This is where I'm talking to the people pleasers. I don't know where this came from, but I felt like God must be like, Ange, you got to talk about this because someone out there is struggling with this. I keep knocking my mic over. Okay. We got some more notes for you. So another thing that Price says is self-doubt is the biggest killer of dreams. Self-doubt is the biggest killer. And I feel like there's a lot of work to be done around what we believe is possible for us. Because I believe the number one thing that I think holds people back is their belief in what can happen for them and their belief in that they're worthy of whatever it is that they desire. A lot of work to be done there. Good news is Jamie Kern Lima is writing a book right now. It's going to be released soon called Worthy that dives into all that. So I can't wait. I cannot wait to dive into this book. You'll hear about it on the podcast, I'm sure. And then also in one of my new groups that is being released to my past clients, where we're going to meet to hold each other accountable uh, to our vision and all that. Uh, I want to talk about that book, Worthy, because I see that that's a common thing that stops us from really carrying out that vision is that lack of feeling like it's it's truly possible and that deep down we're worthy of it. Okay, what else does he say? He says, dispend disbelief. Act as if your success is certain. Act as if your success is certain. Oh, that's the one. That's the one I've been chewing on so much is showing up, acting like my success is inevitable. What would I do if I believed that? How would I show up in the world? What would I invest in if I believed that? I feel like we could do a whole podcast episode on just that alone. Ooh, speaking of that, y'all, what would I invest in if I believed that my success was inevitable? That just hit me because as my husband and I are working on becoming property investors, we have been investing in some properties. And I'll tell you more about the one that we just invested in recently. 
um, and the success of that. But I'm waiting for it all to turn out well, fingers crossed, and then I'll tell you about it. And you know, if it doesn't turn out well, I'll tell you about it too. Uh, But anyways, since my fear was showing up around doing this thing that was new to me, because I'm like, I've never invested in a property like this. I've never like took this much of a risk financially. All that stuff was coming up for me. And I asked myself this, what if you believed that your success was inevitable? How would you show up? How would you feel about the thing that you're about to do? Yeah, it's a risk, but you're trusting that it's going to work out because you are the one that's going to ensure that it works out. Like ultimately that's up to me because even if something is a horrible financial investment and it like it sucks, right? I still get to decide what that outcome is going to be, what that's going to mean to me, what I'm going to do next. Like that is always still in my control. Like I'm the writer of my own story and so are you. So I think so many of us are not taking action towards the things that we want because we're letting our doubts be greater than our dreams to mean more than our dreams, to be stronger than our fear. So what Price says to do is to dispend disbelief. And that's by you, again, acting as if your success is for certain. He said, most people have so much doubt. And if you must doubt something, doubt your limits. Doubt your limits versus doubt what, doubting what's possible for you. And for many of us, we are, our immediate default habitual thinking is going to doubting what is possible for us versus our limits. And I want you to really let that soak in because let's talk about like a dream that you have or a desire that you have on your heart. And maybe it's to be able to do some kind of work that you really love and, and get paid well doing that or be able to spend time with your family and not have to stress about you know, money or doing all the things on the to-do list or everybody else's needs. Maybe that's what it is that you really want. And then when you think about that, is there a part of you that immediately doubts that that could happen for you, that you could have that kind of life where you get to do the work that you really love and you get to get paid well to do it and you get to spend quality time with your family and you're more in control of your time? Or is like, are you leaving that in like fantasy land? Because you're like, eh, no, I don't really think that could happen for me. And then you're letting that doubt be greater than your dreams, greater than your faith. Because that's what Satan be wanting you to do, let me tell you, right? Here's the question that I wrote down. It's a good one. How do I learn to act as if my success is certain when I've been filled with doubt? How do I make that switch? And this is what... Price said, and I love it. Listen up. He said, the heck with your thinking. You get to choose how you behave. And I was like, oh, this is so good because I think a lot of us focus so much on the thinking. And I think my messages can be a little confusing here because I do talk a lot about how you are thinking in your mind and believing that you are worthy. But I believe that the way that that shift ultimately happens is by you acting like a person that is worthy. If you've done commit to your vision, you know what I'm talking about when we talk about the be, act, have recipe. It's about you showing up as if you're already the person that you wanna be and thinking like that person and, keyword here, behaving like that person. And sometimes the behaving needs to come in before the thinking, 
But if you're embodying that that persona and you're envisioning in your mind and you're, you're see, your brain's seeing evidence of you acting like that person, the thinking will align with it. It's, it's just a matter of time. That's going to align with it. So what he says here, again, the heck with your thinking, you get to choose how you behave. So whatever it is that you desire in your life, I want you to think about someone who has those kinds of results that you might admire. And then ask yourself, how do they behave? What are their habits? Right? Because we're going to talk about what they, they're thinking. But what are they actually doing? How are they behaving in the world? So for me, I've noticed that a lot of the people that I really admire, they don't balk at investing in themselves. In fact, when they want to learn something new, they will find someone that knows how to do that thing and they will hire that person to teach them how to do that thing. And then they eventually create those results because they want to behave like that person. And then they start thinking like that person because they surround themselves with those kind of people. This is the other thing. If you want something in your life and you don't have those kind of people in your life that model the kinds of things that you desire, there are some shifts that need to be happening because your brain learns from the environment. And if you don't have the kind of people that you desire to be like in your environment, again, shift. And you might not be able to get them directly like in your circle where you're meeting face to face with them, but you could get them like listening to podcasts, um, being a part of different communities that they might be a part of online or whatever it is, or reading certain books. And like that might be how you're getting them around you. But that's something else to be thinking about because that shapes how you behave in the world. Another thing that Price says is that the best actors in Hollywood make a lot of money because they're playing a role. They're playing a role. So think about what it is that you desire. How can you play the role of that person now? How can you act like that person now and start to really embody the characteristics of that person, having those habits, all of that? And it's, I think it's really important to find the people that model what it is that you desire and prove your brain wrong. If your brain is not believing that's possible, you need to find evidence that it is. Oftentimes when my career coaching clients are working with me, they will say like what it is that they desire and they'll be like, yeah, but I don't know if that's like possible for me. And I'll be like, I want you to find someone who is doing that. I want you to find stories about it because your brain needs to change that belief because if it keeps thinking that it's not possible, it's not going to do anything with it. And an example is, you know, my husband as a dentist has a very interesting way of how he's practicing. Like uh, he takes a lot of time off. For example, tomorrow, at the time of me recording right now, tomorrow we are leaving for another trip. I just got back from Denver from a women's event. Before that, I was in Ohio for Lewis Howe's event. And then now I'm going to Albania for an entire week. And my husband is also going. He works a normal job as a dentist, yet he has structured in his life where he has the set time off that he wants. And other dentists that we know are like, that's insane. Like I've even heard people say like, that would be possible for me. And it just breaks my heart because I'm like, just because you've decided it's not. You haven't advocated for that life to design it for yourself. And maybe initially my husband might have thought like, oh, I don't know how I can make this happen. But he started finding evidence that it was possible. 
he started proving to his brain that he could negotiate for things like that, that he could show up that way and have a non-traditional dentist life. And what's really interesting is recently someone reached out to my husband asking if he'd write an article for a magazine talking about his life outside of dentistry and like how he's a dentist and he's doing all these other things like he's an avid hiker and traveler and all this other stuff because they thought it was a unique perspective. And what I want is to normalize that you are are doing other things that light you up outside of your work and at, like in your life as a whole. And then even as a career coach, I'm not just fixated on your career. I'm thinking about how that aligns with your overall vision of who you want to be. And we're not just fixating on one thing. It's not like like the, the window, the fly in the window. We're just focused on that. No, like we're thinking about, we're zooming out. And we're looking at all possibilities and we're really thinking about who you want to be. Oh, I just felt like I needed to say that because I think it's so important and and, it's so important to train your brain that it's all possible for you because it really is. And we are the the only people who are limiting ourselves and, and working so much harder than we have to. By focusing on the wrong things and generating too much of that catabolic energy. Another book that I just want to bring up real quick that I've been reading is called 10X is Easier Than 2X, How World-Class Entrepreneurs Achieve More by Doing Less. And it's, it's right along with this whole concept of quantum leaping. 10X is easier than 2X. What if it was easier than you thought to design the life that you wanted? What if you've been working so hard and it's really not necessary? It's not really necessary because it's just really about let's shift. Let's make a shift. We're going to see more opportunities and we can go that direction. Just like my sister just did recently. It didn't take forever. We switched the perspective of how she was seeing things and then she saw the door and then she was able to go and get that opportunity that she wanted so quick. And her life is changing completely from going from burnout, feeling exhausted every day, to doing something that she really loves. And she didn't have to sacrifice her income with it either. Because that's another lie that a lot of us think is like, oh, but if I do switch and do something I love, then I'm going to definitely get paid less. And then you're, you're worried about that. That's not always true. Sometimes that is the case given you know what it is that you, you choose. But I've also seen like my last three clients have literally doubled their income. I'm not going to say make that promise that it happens for everybody because it doesn't because I also have had clients who cut their income because they wanted to do something else they were really excited about and it fit in with their vision. So I just I say this to you because I want you to check out some of those like limiting beliefs that you have around stuff. And like if you want to if you don't want to believe that, if maybe you have a thought and you're like, I don't want to believe that, then you need to find evidence that that's not true in all cases. And the more that your brain sees that, the more likely you are going to move forward in the direction that you want to go. An example of this is when I didn't want to have surgery when I tore my ACL completely. You know what I did? Is I just listened to stories about people who tore their ACLs completely didn't have surgery, and were able to do all the things that they wanted to do. 
And I just kept feeding my brain with that information. Every time somebody kept telling me like, oh, you're going to need to have surgery. And because I know this person and that happened to them and they had to. And I was like, earmuffs, like, I don't even, I don't want to hear that because I need my brain to focus on what is possible for me versus the limits. I was training it. I was being very intentional with what I was putting in my mind. So that's why it is so powerful for you to share a story or to hear other people's stories because it it does empower other people to believe what could be possible for them. And that's why I'm always encouraging, like if I work with someone, you guys will hear more um, podcast episodes coming up about people's changes because I feel like other people need to hear that that could be possible for them too. You know, if you're in a situation where you're like, oh, this sucks, or you doubted that you could make more money, or you could do the thing that you really loved, or whatever it was, it's like, let's hear from some people who have done it, so your brain can be like, oh, maybe that could be me. Like, I'm even searching for that data when I'm about to join another course, and I've been looking for the data around, like, someone like me who has created results that I desire, and I'm like, my brain wants to hold on to that, and it's like, okay, this can be possible for you too. You can do it. Your brain is going to be afraid to make those changes, help it. Help it be more, feel more comfortable to make those changes by giving it the stories that it needs and finding them, seeking them out. All right, so in a nutshell, let's, let's go back to the whole point of this episode, which is we were talking about making quantum leaps, shifting from being the fly, working so hard, being the fly at the window, and then being the one that sees the opportunities. And this all comes back to what? I would say it all comes back to the energy that you're generating that stems from not only what you're thinking, but how you're behaving in the world. And even just trying this out where, let me try to behave like the kind of person who believes my success is inevitable. It's, it's a done deal. Let me try to behave as a type of person that knows that God is always supporting me, always has my back with any decision that I make. And even if it's a, it's a bad decision, wrong decision, he can turn everything to good, right? We know that. And at the end of the day, you get to decide what your response is going to be based on anything that happens to you. You get to decide too what you're going to make that mean. So those are the things I want you to be thinking about. In a nutshell, let's just, let's run with this quote in a nutshell, that your success is inevitable. Because I believe if you start really holding on to that belief and you start acting like that person, those quantum leaps are going to come because that, that belief is of a higher energetic perspective, abundance and alignment, true faith. That's where that belief lives. Your success is inevitable. I'll leave you with that. And if you want to stick around, let me tell you some updates real quick. I'm going to Albania, like I said, for an entire week with my husband. I'm so excited. People have been asking me, why Albania? And what is even there? Albania, if you're not familiar, is an absolutely beautiful country. And it, I'm just like, so excited to explore. And it's known as one of the most hospitable places in the world. And it's also a lot more affordable Um compared to Greece and countries like that, uh, but still offering the same kind of beauty. So I'm really looking forward to this trip. Plus, it's just my hubs and I, we don't have this trip planned out very well. We usually do. But this one, we planned the first night where we're staying. And we have some ideas of the places we want to go to, but we're renting a vehicle and then we're going to 
just find the places where we're going to stay along the way and do some hiking, maybe some diving, just exploring, hanging out with the locals. I don't know what's going to happen, but that's what makes it really fun is we don't know what's going to happen. So I'm really looking forward to that. And just a reminder, my intentional life retreat that I'm hosting with some other coaches in Shipshawana, Indiana, October 20th weekend is coming up at the time of myself recording this episode. If you want to go to this event, definitely reach out. I've had some people reach out and sign up, which I'm so excited about. Uh, you can go to this event as little as $99 for the entire weekend. This is an event that has both men and women at this event. There's going to be more women than men. Um, the whole theme is focused on intentionally designing your life, and we're focusing on different areas related to intentionally designing your life. I'm going to be speaking. We have an epic VIP night that is totally worth it. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I'll put the details into the detail section of this episode. Remember, show up as if you believe that your success is inevitable, and it will be. All right. Have a blessed day. I will talk to you soon. Bye.